Oh my god! Yeah. You have to edit. You have to edit out all the uh, the the just blank space that. Uh, no, I I I, I, I started it like as soon as I saw the video feed come up. I was like, bam! I was ready. Wow, it's incredible. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm just switched on. I'm like. I'm I'm here. I'm like amped up. I'm off my antidepressants. I'm I'm fucking ready. You went off of them. What's that? Why did you? Why you just went off of them? Yeah, when I started HRT, I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> well, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that probably is like you. Then you know the most. You know the most like authentic experience with the HRT. Right, and I've got uh, you know, however many left, and I was already cutting them in half anyway so like if i right. need to if i need to go back i can but uh yeah i already <laughs> i already noticed like certain things starting to creep back in like certain kind of like ocd behaviors almost right, like right. like i was starting to like i don't know i already knew that hrt like was going to give me uh like mood swings and like you know, my emotions were going to be different and maybe, like, kind of strange and new to me. Um, but I right. still, like, found myself Googling, like, HRT mood swings just, like, to validate, like, my, my fucking fears, you know? And then, and today I was doing, like, uh, I d I've decided to call it psychomath, uh, where I just go, like, <laughs> I just, like tally up all my expenses and i'm just like okay this is this is the amount of money that i need to make every month am i did i make that amount last month am i on track to make that amount this month it, it like it, because because you know i'm a contractor i i kind of live week to week so like yeah no it, it's not really uh it's kind of you know so so week to meet week to week uh like four like uh, groups of four like uh did the last four weeks is that enough to pay my rent plus utilities plus oh, yeah. like everything and uh Food, drinks and, and it's like only fan subscriptions uh yeah yeah exactly so which i budget about 1200 a month for for, so, for all your only fans you're at right yeah i just i usually set that aside you know rent only fans uh so if you had a Venn diagram... So this explains... Rent, this is why you need the union only job. Fans. This right, is why you yeah. need the union job. I got in the union because of my OnlyFans addiction. You um, had to... <laughs> yeah. I hate to say that now on the podcast. I hate to... I hate to admit uh, that, well, who, who's going to hear it? You know? Uh, <laughs> Five people, Realistically, right. And, uh, well, I, I and every single one of them... I haven't podcast yet to, my, to Instagram or anything. I feel like I'm going to do it after this Oh, episode. okay. I yeah, just don't I mean, know why I feel a certain hesitation because I don't want people to judge me, but I'm also like, I don't really Yeah, care. same here, but it's like, I don't care. but that was... I haven't said anything that bad yet. No, not, neither have I, and uh, I mean... You may... would tell me, though, right? You would tell me if I said something like... No. Off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, why would well, I do fine, that? Neither would I. I'm but, not going to tell you anything. But also, like, I'm, I'm just... In, in my daily life, I feel like I say things that aren't that aren't that bad and people you know uh tell me that that it was bad and i'm like oh okay and well, uh what i realize is that i have a lot of rage that i don't realize right that I carry right so when i start talking about like i don't know like my big thing is always like for probably the last couple of years has been like 
social justice warriors. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of aim a lot of spite and <laughs> hatred at them. And I just, I don't mean, to, it's not, I mean. They're just probably, such an easy target. Well, they are, but it's like also, I think I just have a personal vendetta against them. Mm-hmm. Because of my own like relationship with cancel culture and like things that I've done in the past. Right, and right. I think they just like I just like I imagine a couple people in my head, and then I make a generalization about the group based on that. When in reality, like ninety nine percent of people on the internet, especially the people I interact with it on Instagram and stuff like that, just posting, you know, like really nice like trans youth homeless charity GoFundMe's. Yeah, and not like, like oh, can you please pay this person's rent this month and they're trans and homeless and all this kind of like, that's good and wholesome yeah know, that's not sjw that's shit. not bad it, yeah and it's like right because because really at its core the the idea of i mean the calling yourself a warrior i i guess is a little cringe but <laughs> you know just wanting social justice is you know that's a Pretty... No, it's a very, it's a very good-hearted thing. Yeah, right? it's altruistic. I mean, it's, just... it's virtuous. You know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out who exactly I'm angry at. Because ideologically, although, like, I have a personal thing, but if I took that away, I do have some ideological sort of backing to where I'm like, I have an issue with this, but maybe it doesn't need to come out as this cynical rage that I usually occur, that usually occurs with me. Why not? Where like. Well, because I mean, it's not constructive. Like, what it, like, what am I doing by being cynically rageful? Well, okay, I think it's totally appropriate to just shit all over Lena, Lena Dunham, right? Like, I right, think that's fine. because she's. But I mean, she's a good example, maybe, of like what I dislike, you know. But I'm making massive generalizations for that too. You know? Right, I mean, and like, not everyone is Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham is Lena Dunham. But here's. And if I want to shit on Lena Dunham, that's what I need to do. But here's the thing: language evolves, uh, and right. and it and it it evolves because uh, and things become more nuanced, and and we can like describe things with more specificity. And so I right. think, uh, you know, a lot of what I used to maybe call SJWs nowadays, I would probably call a shit lib, just because. You know, like we were kind of talking about earlier off mic that there, there's this kind of wave of neoliberalism that it that, yeah, it just kind of fills you with rage because it's not really like it, it, it. Sometimes it'll have this kind of air of moral superiority, but but yeah. it's like it, it it's there's nothing really moral about it. It's just like more freedom. And, and yeah. like, more, yeah, just, like, more things. And it's, like, that's not necessarily good or bad. It's just, like, more. And, uh... Yeah. Well, and there's this overwhelming, like, performativity to it all, which I think is really... Right, the... Per- the which is weird, the right? The performative like, aspect of it. And it's the thing. It's under my skin it's as well. like, the folks that are doing the good work of helping the trans homeless kids and like you know uh, your you know, the, your organizers the, the your marginal, yeah the organizers the the marginalized people that are really reaching out to marginalized communities people that are volunteers. like creating the boundaries for pronouns and you know doing the legislation and call you know making the phone calls and even people that just want to make the phone calls like i think those people are on the good side you know and i think quite often i end up aiming my like anger weapon 
you know, whatever my voice is. And I think I end up catching some of them. And I find that bad. Like I'm kind of upset at myself for doing that because it's not who I'm mad at. Mm. Like, and I, I don't want anyone to think I'm mad at like people that have their best, like have the most marginalized groups in society. At, like, you know, at heart, you like, have I don't their, want be- to, their I, best interest in mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't want them to, I don't want, um, uh, I don't want people to think that I'm like upset at those people who are defending those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and at that, the same time, that, that I'm is, upset at somebody and I got to figure out who exactly that is. Right. And, and that is, you're totally right. And I, I should probably embrace that more. The thing that gets under, I think that gets under my skin the most is uh, that I feel um, like dishonesty is like that always just like triggers me um so when when i get and and i get these feelings sometimes that someone isn't being completely honest or they're or that the the motivations that they claim to have uh i just don't believe them right um and 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 then you know you can take it a step you can you can examine that a little bit and go like well what is it what does it really matter what their what their motivations are or what their um or even even really what their intentions are if the outcome is you know marginalized people end up getting the help that they need and, right exactly and uh so may- whether it's virtue signaling or not if the if the means to an end if the end is the same then what does it matter that it like how it started you know Right, right, and uh, because even even if it is self-serving, and the you know the virtue signalers or the grifters, you know, it ends up helping them more than it helps other people. I guess if it helps other people at all, that's probably a net positive, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think it's just a matter of like. I don't know, I've been thinking about this today. I had a conversation with Megan earlier where I was just like, I was talking about something and I, I don't know, I think like, I don't know, I just have like, I have some sort of like unaimed rage about this. And I think it's ideological in a lot of ways because it's just, it's a matter of like, it's a very bad situation. You know, you look at it, any way you look at our current crisis in America and in the world, mm-hmm. it's a bad situation. You know, I mean, there's just, there's no way out. There is no chance or hope at revolution. Any any crisis know. in particular? Just no. I just mean the general crisis of capitalism. I yeah, mean, like yeah. the the crisis of living in a time in this advanced late stage capitalism where, you know, I mean, for a good example, I live in almost in Northern California. Northern California is burning right now. Um, not as bad as it was last year yet, yeah. but it's only it's only you know probably a week or two away from being as bad as that. Yeah, and uh, um, the Pacific Northwest was like had an extreme heat wave, record like shattering, like like oh, way yeah. more than. Uh, and, and they're also like, they're ju- they're not prepared for that kind of heat well, either. Portland, Oregon is not prepared for 120 degree weather. Right, and uh, they don't even know how to deal with that. And so, oh yeah, I wanted to ask, why do people say late stage capitalism? Are, is is that just wishful thinking, or is that like hoping that uh, revolution, that we're on the precipice of revolution, and that a new, like, uh, that's a good question. Form um, of like, like is, like hoping that socialism is 
on the rise or or that a new form of like economic distribution so, is uh at hand um uh, let me see i used to know the exact episode because uh because yeah sometimes i see like what other people call like late stage capitalism which is which is like just commodifying the shit out of things that don't really need to be commodified or or innovating like innovation right. of like the innovation of wiping your ass or like pulling your dick out of your pants to use the bathroom or something like that. I honestly I do think that it's the uh it's a, like there was the you know, I mean there's been capitalism for several hundred years and the there were different stages of it, obviously with the Industrial Revolution and then the technological and information revolutions and kind of like industry industries that followed with them. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that it's now late stage is because the failure is now becoming more evident and absurd. Um, and then you, as you were talking about like the commodification of everything and the commodification in like the, this really, really intense level of like, um, just like, like categorizing every step of like, like labor and uh, how, capital is affected by that and it's like extreme commodification of labor and stuff like that mm. um i think that's one of the reasons why i i don't know if it was extremely adopted in like pop culture after the 08 housing crash i don't know if it was like really mm, yeah made around that time i know that it was apparently used by some 20th century german economist uh named what's his name uh werner sombart um, in the turn of the 20th century, so like, you know, early, ninth, early, <clears throat> like 1901, 1902 era. Um, that's that's when, uh, like, late-stage capitalism kind of yeah, came, I guess that's when came the term into the lexicon. Yeah, Interesting, Well, shit, it's been 100 years. Where the fuck are yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, 100 and almost 130 <laughs> years. So I don't, I don't know exactly why we'd call it that. I've just heard it used so often. Uh, I think I we're. Just, I think we're hopeful. I think it's. Uh, I think yeah, it's wishful it thinking. Yeah, sort of optimism. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, because because I do think people want. I think people are ready for the next stage. Yeah, that it's yeah. like that. Capitalism is kind of like we we built on uh, feudalism, and feudalism was built upon what what was it before that? Like uh, it, it was I have like no idea. It, it it was like the. Well, it was like monarchy, right? Yeah, and, but like the the pillars, right? Like the you had yeah, 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 like yeah. the monarchy, the clergy, and then the peasants, right? Or or was that feudalism as well? Fuck, I don't know. Maybe Hold I should. Up. What was? I have researched this of... shit. It's just like I don't have like a fucking paper in front of me or like an outline. You know, I'm just talking off the cuff. Just talking off the cuff. I'm not. There's. I was listening to the uh, the Joe Rogan episode with Alex Jones and Tim Dillon today. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, um, and there's this thing where where Alex I've Jones only listened to the. On to like a, I've only listened to the first Alex Jones uh, Joe Rogan episode, which I believe is four hours long. Yeah, this one's like three and a half. And I, I listened to like the first thirty minutes, and I mean, I just I. I don't like Alex Jones by any means, and I think he's probably a really no. He's person. he's a cancerous he's a individual. He's a performance artist at a whole different level. He's hilarious and and right. genuinely and entertaining to, to listen him, to. Like it's interesting to watch him like just work. 
You know, he works that he works a situation in a very specific way. And uh, to I quote know, Joe Rogan, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. But there was this moment in that episode where um, Alex starts going off on like AT and T, and Joe Rogan stops him and is like, "So, did you fact check that? Like, is that for real AT and T? Are you making a generalization? Because this is where you usually go off on things. Is like you make." generalizations using a big company's name or a big person's name and it ends up being wrong and people call you on it. Right. And he's like, and Alex Jones is like, no, 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 it's, it's actually, uh, it's actually that company. And they looked it up and it wasn't. And Alex Jones is like, well, I was making a generalization, but you couldn't. No. It, <laughs> it was fine. It was just a turn of phrase. It was fine. And it was, it was just funny because uh, Joe Rogan was like, you need a fact checker. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's he's ridiculous. Like what you, and fact check everything you say it's ridiculous what he can get away with just because of like what a talented speaker he is because he's genuinely good at public speaking because it because he's just like yeah he he's like uh oh fuck what's the word like yeah he's like a town crier almost that oh yeah he is yeah and uh and he speaks in such like a mellifluous way that I mean, it, he would be an it's enrapturing. evangelist, right? I What's mean, that? He would, be an ex- he would be an excellent evangelist or like oh, yeah, totally. um, populist politician or, um, you know, some sort of like motivational speaker if he wasn't so politically charged. It's yeah, he, just a matter of like... He's almost like a, uh, like a, an enlightened... It, it, it's like if a... It's like if a used car salesman like saw God... And just like <laughs> it's like a, a used car salesman like found out he was schizophrenic and just kind of went on that tangent. Uh, yeah. Well, no, it's all like I feel like he's almost genuinely in touch with something deeper. It, it's just like he he has no way of like no no actual way to connect the dots like the real logical dots. He's just like firing in every single direction and taking it like to its absolute like furthest point and, yeah, and, he's a he's a real wild character and, and he doesn't I mean, and he doesn't give a shit about the truth he just like oh, yeah. he just like comes up with these insane theories well and i on a certain level i kind of get it because i mean he's like i think it's about totally. the feeling of the performance like i think he's feel i think he's engaged with the performance on such a high level that it just becomes insignificant whether what he's saying is harmful or not and he's no longer considering the fact that he's in reality and being broadcasted to thousands hundreds of thousands of people you know regularly yeah and and it's like i mean with like like the sandy hook thing where he ruined like several several like people's lives you know for like saying sandy hook was a fucking false right because (laughs) fake shooting for the same Um, like I mean, P- Pizzagate is like you know there there is some it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I mean, I get that it hurt some people, but that is absolutely fair. Right, the fact that a guy like showed up like locked and loaded, ready to yeah. like shut down the pedophile there was a ring. I got sent a, a certain a relative of mine sent me a Pizzagate link, uh, and uh, it was it was like some some really wacky website of from whatever, but I read like a seven or eight page article and I read like three pages of it. By mm-hmm. the time I got through it, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, there is something like, like, I don't know. There's something fucky going on Maybe. there. 
Like there, yeah. You look into it. There, uh, Comet Ping Pong. It doesn't have a basement. There's there's nothing like going on on the premises. However, there does seem to be like some kind of interconnectedness to like the whole like Epstein thing. There, they they did like cater for the White House, which also like give like brings them like gives them. They're, yeah, ki- they're kind of connected to the White House in some way. So, yeah. so yeah, it is. No, it's all it's all tricky, and it could all be just funny coincidence. But it's like, I mean, either way, it's something to make you uh, somebody noticed. It. It's just like lost. It's just a it, of, I yeah. feel like it's impossible to know whether or not it is true. But yeah. like, and, and this is again, this is kind of tricky. That it's like the thing is, conspiracy theory is kind of fun. Yeah, it is on a certain level. And, it's very fun. And but it's like, and it's fun because it it's like where it's like examining as much of reality as you can, and then yeah. maybe filling in the gap, <coughs> and then filling in the gaps with maybe a little bit of fiction. And, yeah, and I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but like ten years ago, conspiracy was truly like a fun and just fun hobby that like your friends right, had because you know? like, it was like you because there wasn't this interconnectedness there wasn't like oh how yeah they're they're fuck what am i trying to say uh that sorry go ahead <laughs> no 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 i, just I lost my train of thought like a, i remember being like a 13 14 year old kid watching like Legitimately, the Alex Jones super lo-fi documentaries made in the '90s about Bohemian Grove. Um, so you were weird, like you were into Alex Jones, like in in like well, yeah, a I mean, conspiracy like theorist capacity. Ago. In well, the yeah, but as a kid, I mean, oh, just oh yeah, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. Trust me, dude, I'm not judging you. Um, yeah, no, 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 I just can't, you know, I feel it's like just, Alex, uh, it, Alex Jones is a very, like, hot topic these days, and I don't right, want to and, be, like, uh, I don't currently support him in any fashion. Yeah, totally. But, no, you know what I mean? Well, no, I, I, it, I just find that interesting because Alex Jones wasn't on my radar until, um, like, 2016 or 2017. I think it was when, I don't think he was on my radar until I saw the John Oliver segment. Um, but so Which it's, John Oliver segment was that? Uh, he did a whole like uh, you know, he does the he does the big story every week. That's like twenty minutes of the thirty oh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah, he yeah. one one week he did the big story on Alex Jones and how um and his spin was how you know Jones he he kind of he does these calls to action and he fear mongers so that he can sell nutraceuticals so that he can sell right, like, right, you know right. uh like bullshit supplements um yeah. and and at the time i i kind of like thought that was the end of the story but he he really is more that i i don't know if he's just a supplement salesman that's definitely like the grift you know that's probably where he makes most of his money oh yeah i'm sure that's where his cash comes from but, but like he he's he is where he is and he does what he does because i think he genuinely does like feel some sense of passion for something like yeah to, i mean 
It could be very well just the performance itself. I mean, in the fact that there's right. some sort of totally that he feels correct in the performance, and that that is it. And, and the only I mean, way to continue the performance is to yeah. I mean, in like drugs. I'm not glorifying him by saying that. It's just a matter of like I think he is a born performer, and I think if he was born Absolutely. in different circumstances or under different situations he probably would have been an actor of very high caliber i think he could have been something and at different something points of, a, of, of an his, orator you know uh, it's he's a what order yeah no just an orator you yeah know, just totally is a speaker yeah like i said a town crier just like yeah exactly or a carnival barker even yeah. <laughs> and uh and but i i became fascinated with him um after after i saw the john oliver segment because yeah there is like this kind of um this kind of infectious nature about him where where it's like you don't it's not like a sense of warmth or or like safety obviously but it is this sense of like why am i so like just fascinated and captivated yeah by this guy and uh because yeah he'll he'll like show up to uh like he'll confront um someone who is like driving orphans uh like to a church and he's like what what are you doing why do you have a why do you have a car full of children and it's like hey, we're we're shutting down this operation and it's like we're just like we work for the like the the organization you know we're with the church like and, and it's like none of these kids are wearing seatbelts. Like, I can't even do an impression of him without. No, without it's really hurting. hard. He's like he's like this. Yeah, it, it, he My must. Alex Jones. And and his voice has gotten like wrecked over oh, the years. Significantly worse. It was he like he he sounded like a like a somewhat normal guy. Like he was shouting five years ago. Though. But yeah. Like, now it's just it's utter. He's obliterated. It's and, awful. And it's to the point where it's like I I feel like it it will give out on him at some yeah. point, or no, he'll have to uh because that happens to some people. Like I you wonder fu- if he has emphysema. I wonder if he's got some sort of like onset of that, and I don't. We're not. What is, what is emphysema? Well, it's like where uh, I'm not exactly sure what its specifications are, but I believe it affects the voice box and like uh, your vocal cords. Interesting. Um, but I would have to. I would have to look it up to make sure. Now. Yeah, might look into that. Uh, I'll I'll Google it and see if I have it. That's one of my favorite hobbies. You don't. <laughs> you don't have. It. I might. Dylan, you, you don't know. Are you a doctor, for Dylan? Like Forty years. I'm not a doctor, but I know and you're the not air a doctor. Sacs of the lungs are damaged and enlarged, causing breathlessness. Causing, wait, what is it? Breathlessness. What's enlarged? Breathless. It's the air sacs of the lungs. I don't know exactly what that. Oh, means. interesting. Huh. I thought that had something to do with your voice, but evidently I'm completely wrong. Well, I mean, your voice is just breath. Well, yeah, but your voice passes through a certain set of chords. Uh, yeah, yeah you... I don't actually know how that works. It's your. I took anatomy, but I didn't pay attention. In, in, in well, I I took voice and speech at Chattanooga State. Uh... <laughs> Chattanooga State has given a lot of people the opportunity to go to UTC, and for that, I think we should all be thankful. Interesting. But I Chattanooga State has given a lot of people uh, associates degrees uh, to, to go into a 
a fuck ton of people associates degrees. Yeah, and uh, well, because it's isn't it free for Tennessee residents? I am like a free I, thing for Tennessee. If residents? not free, then very cheap. I know that. Uh, I know that like their financial aid program is. Uh, yeah, like, I mean they're a pretty kick-ass fucking financial aid. Yeah, I pretty much. I, I mean, I took the acting program, so I don't even know if if it's part of the school. But I I pretty much paid out of pocket for my uh for my education. Um, oh. but yeah, in you know when I when I find myself uh spiraling and uh you know shaking and wondering if I'll be able to keep up my New York lifestyle, I think about like. You know, maybe I'll just go back to Chat State and study something for two years and, and go into that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking about that. Um What yeah, exactly would you pick if you were going to do that at Chat State? Like what would what degree? If I was um Can you can you study trades at Chat State? Uh you can, but it's uh I believe the unions uh in Chattanooga run their apprenticeships through Chat State if I'm not mistaken. Really? So That's yeah, I mean awesome. you would Yeah, because I how they do it in Reno is they run it through the local community college because it, you do get college credit for mm -hmm. the apprenticeship. So I think at the end of the four years or five years of the apprenticeship you get thirty two credits, which is like eight or nine classes um, okay you you know more about that yeah but I, I mean either way, I, it's you know it's like it's like halfway to an associate's degree or, or 15 or 16 credits gotcha but degree, does it even so. does it even matter if you're like going into the trade it, like going into a trade union um it doesn't particularly matter but it does give you the opportunity if you wanted to advance any further and get like a degree and maybe let's say like I don't know, an engineering degree, you might have some prereqs for that, or a uh, uh, project management degree or a business administration degree with a you know, specific thing in project management. It might give you some sort of advancement with that, but also it's just an opportunity to have college credit under your belt just in case you want to go back to school for something else. Right. So. Yeah, because I'm like... Um... Because, you know, I try I try not to kick myself or, like, think of myself as, like, inadequate or stupid or anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I really just don't have any formal education whatsoever. Like, my... I, I, I put most of my chips on, like, <coughs> performance and, and learning how to act and, and comedy yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, like, and social skills and finesse, you know? And, and that'll get you far. Don't get me wrong. But it's, oh, of course. It, it's fucking exhausting and and it is it, they're all, all you get are promises all you get are hopes and promises like you don't right. get you don't get like contracts you don't get well yeah i just feel like that's the thing though is that most of the time like i mean college doesn't get you anything either unless right you're in stem a very specific sector of stem um yeah like computer science well, computer science, engineering, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, mechanical engineering is the big thing. I mean, if you have an engineering degree, you're pretty set no matter what you do. Yeah, and but that's why... Regardless of that, I mean, you know, there are very few degrees that give you a certainty in anything. And, and I'm not like... <clears throat> it, it's weird how my ego works because in certain ways, I am just super egotistical. And I'm like, damn, I'm the shit. And like, and like... 
I to this day I still pretty much believe that like I could probably if I if I were given the the tools then I could like succeed in anything that I put my mind to. Um yeah. but I would need like the right the right environment, the right people, um and and like I guess comfort. Like I would need like uh I I would need like money or like it, it, it. I don't know. I, I, I just need to be able to focus, I guess. And I feel like my ability to focus is um, oftentimes up to external uh, circumstances. Right, right. You know? And, oh, yeah, uh, totally. And, but, like, I am interested in academia. Um, it, if it will, like, lead to a more, like, secure, uh, comfortable life. I guess. And I know I, mean, I know security and comfort is everyone's looking for that, but there are it well, does yeah. seem like there are ways to that you can I just don't think security and comfort is through college at this point. I mean I feel like Right. The ways that I've currently understood the way to get security and comfort are I mean, obviously the way I preach about all the time, which is the trades. Mm -hmm. Um somehow getting a job at a factory and then progressing your way up into upper management, which gets you a pretty cushy, you know, $175,000 to $100,000 $100, uh, a year salary. Right, um, and, and that... Becoming a dentist, maybe, I guess, which does require college or... Um, and the whole, like, like, navigating the corporate ladder, um, that always, like... It it didn't seem it was it, it didn't seem easy to me, but it was like I knew it came pretty naturally to me, um, yeah. because it's all just about it's not even it's like twenty percent being like slightly better at your job than your peers, and eighty percent like making sure you're good at your job in front of your boss, um, like oh yeah, making sure your boss likes you. Like being the kind of person that your boss can depend on, and and oh, yeah. you know uh, other things like that. It, but like yeah, a lot of like upward mobility um, is like you, you know in aside from certain academic uh, like fields that you just mentioned, like comp sci and uh, like mechanical engineering, any kind of engineering where yes your your like your credentials are like probably king um but i feel like upward mobility anywhere else is largely social and just oh, like yeah, I agree. like kissing up to the right people uh and yeah, it's and just kissing ass improving and, like, to them that you can like handle the responsibility yeah um it's a certain combination of that i don't know i think it's just it's it's the ability to have the charisma too it just has something to do with like being likable being consistent and and being able to prove some sort of deal like with results and whatnot you know right and and, and it is exhausting like the social the social aspect of it oh yeah and it's, and it's kind of what like it, that that's why I've just been taking it easy. I think for the last like few years, I guess it, is that like I I I just felt like the the kind of the, the world that I grew up in and like my social environment. It was like um 
it wasn't like abusive or or in in certain ways it was kind of toxic but it wasn't like so toxic that i felt like i was uh well i mean i kind of did feel like i was suffocating um and i just needed to like i just felt like i needed to take a step back and like yeah take a breather and um and i feel like just just wanting to do that was almost like an act of defiance. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Just, just totally. trying to live a quiet life as like a 20, like an early 20s person. Um, yeah. Because, you know, there's all this uh, sound like a, you know, th this is, I'm singing the same song that everyone in my generation is singing. That, that yeah, there, there's a lot of pressure on young people to like know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their life and and like actively be making steps to do that while at the same time it, it like there's also this kind of pressure now to like express your individuality and like and and like be uh you know cultivate this kind of unique identity and yeah. and it's i feel like there's some cognitive dissonance there almost uh and, and and i think and i think a lot of people feel that way honestly that uh, well, it's really wacky because you're really you're made to believe that you need this uh you need all these like material things to have this good life right. and to have this like this financial success the security the stability but at the same time there's this almost like uh personal revolution involved too in this current era where it's like you're supposed to deeply know yourself you're supposed to be public you're supposed to have this identity that is in the public that is right and, attached to and, it. and the public aspect of it is where i tend to diverge because i actually i very much value my privacy um, oh yeah no i understand and, and um that and, and that it Again, there's just like some I, I like short circuit a little bit be, because it's like, you know, we're we're living in the social media era and 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 it is a great way to like network and um, especially for like the entertainment field. Um, but but it's almost like I I see the way some people post. Um, and, and I guess, like, the expectations, um, that some people have of, like, what you're supposed to post or what you're supposed to share doesn't really sit right with me. Um, and, and so I, and, and for some people, I don't know if they really think about it, um, like, what they post on social media and, like, whether whether it, that, that is something that should be public or something that should be kept private. And, and, and that's another thing that I feel like I've just been, you know, I, I, I post on social media a lot more now because last summer I kind of, especially like I was doing last summer as I started my transition, I felt a little more comfortable uh, sharing other things with the public as well. Um, but I still just, like, I, I'm not, like, I, I'm just not completely, um, 
I I'm still feeling out uh, my public life, I guess. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Well, I mean, I think and the thing is, is that we're in an unprecedented era because we live in the time of, like, OnlyFans and, right. uh, you know, and Instagram and these kinds of things. But I think OnlyFans is just an interesting uh, symptom of it because it's this era where, like, I know now several people I grew up with who are all like very comfortable with showing very intimate parts of themselves mm -hmm. and more power to them that's great I mean they're making right, money they're right. doing what they need to do whatever they gotta do to survive and make their lives better I think is totally great but at the same time this is an unprecedented um, level of exposure that I never would have thought five years ago was possible right. but now that we live in this era where it is possible and it's not even that bad. I mean, there's this might be some sort of stigma, but it's pretty much gone overall uh, stigma-free when five years ago being a porn star or being someone who made and uh, you know, produced pornography was considered um, absolutely evil and vile. And it obviously still is in many circles, and I'm not saying it isn't, but... Right, and, that, and this, that's the thing. It depends... There's it, this it, mainstreaming of... Uh, of this intimacy level to be broadcasted that is somehow normalized now. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, what I was going to add on was that you said uh, that, that it is still kind of like taboo and frowned upon in certain uh, circles. Um, and, and that's the thing is that I feel like um, there's just way, there's more, there's more circles and more and, and bigger circles as well that I feel like as um, as we embrace like uh, the internet and uh, the internet um, and multiculturalism that we are kind of there's less and less of the mainstream yeah um, and that there's kind of like different like there's multiple um, like equally like valid um you know ways to live your life and, and, and yeah like multi, uh, um you know the the gay movement uh, the trans rights movement uh the fucking feminist movement like there's so many there's so many like perfectly valid um like ways to live your life that that are like perfectly accepted now that were um you know considered you know, like you, you, you should keep that hidden. A few years ago, like, like if you, like you, you need to hide this, or bad things are going to happen to you. Just a few years ago, whereas now it's like, like, well, the only reason bad things were happening is because we were doing it to each other, and it's like we don't need to do that anymore. Like. We're all just trying to. We're all just trying to make money. Like we're all just trying to like, yeah, like, I, have a, a, like find community and uh, yeah. And I think it's interesting that there. I mean, there are a lot of positive things out of this shift from uh, it's sort of this mainstream dogmatic, uh, very like is what it is rule based sort of uh, society that I feel like we were living in, uh, in a lot of ways. And obviously that was probably deteriorating since the sixties and seventies, you know, during the free love like era, right. And you know, the 68 movement, those kinds of things. But, um, 
needless, I, I feel like within that, um, it's interesting because it's this, uh, it, it just constantly reminds me that capitalism has totally accepted these differences amongst individuals, right? Like you see this in the pride movement in the uh, gay rights movement where, you know, you now have like Shell and BP and Coca-Cola and uh, um, all these very large, high stakes, multinational companies mm-hmm. um, fully supporting LGBTQ rights in America. You know, By um, corporate making, wokeism. Yeah, corporate wokeism, right? So this corporate wokeism now has understood that there is some sort of cultural shift. It's totally adapted these um, things that were originally very radical ideas. The idea that uh, you know people could love who they wanted, or people that could be who they wanted, mm-hmm. or people could express themselves how they wanted. All these sort of radical notions have been totally adopted by capitalism, where now they are no longer radical. They're muted. They are. Uh, they're things that are easy to believe um, are now understood as common things, things that have lost their radical potential. Right, and, um, and that is something that this this is uh, this may be a little controversial, but I think that that is kind of good, honestly. Um, and uh, and and I know earlier we were kind of talking about how like the the dishonesty uh, it, it tends to trigger me at times and and trust me it really it it like the corporate wokeism totally triggers me at times but but i do try to keep like a like a healthy mindset of like you know if if this um if this fosters like uh like a you know a greater attitude of acceptance um of these lifestyles um be, because you know it's just more it, it it's just messaging you know like yeah, more yeah, yeah. positive messaging then it's like that that has to be good uh no i agree i think i think totally and i think i think the biggest thing that we must learn from situations such as those is that the is that it is highly important and relevant that um, queer, like queer identities and decisions and autonomy and determination and all these kinds of things must be accepted mainstream um, and like utilized and accepted and all these kinds of things and, and made to seem as if they were a part of just general society, right? That they're no longer outliers, that they're no longer considered radical, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. I think the the thing that I see most evidently too is that in order to create broader change amongst classes and genders and races and um, sexual expressions and et cetera, I think, again, there just has to be some sort of underlying thing that capitalism cannot envelop right? I, yes, you know like so absolutely like capitalism like and i, no, and I right think it's right like, absolutely there's because a net we... gain through like all there is a net gain through queer wokeism, like a corporate wokeism mm-hmm. that accepts queer people right, right. Because that is good but we can't like, depend objectively that's a good thing but we can't depend on like large private entities to you know grant us our liberation 
you know exactly we have to we, but but in the short term it's actually a very it's a huge positive that that happens and, and there's some sort and it of is social good. mindset that changes when that happens right and, and it is and it's also good to keep in mind that like the liberation did not come solely as a result of you know coca-cola having a rainbow sign like it was also you know right. The Stonewall riots. It was also, you know. Oh yeah, no, it, it, was, it uh, was. It was. I mean, black. It was. It was women, Selma. Uh, it was know, fighting yeah. the fight and doing all these kinds of things. Right. And the fight is not over by any stretch of the mean, like of the word. No, I mean, there's and, still and, and we're gonna find everywhere. And we're know? gonna find new fights as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That, and I think, and I think that those fights, in order to be successful, ultimately in this long-term struggle with capitalism will eventually somehow align themselves. And I don't know how, I don't have the answers, but I, I do, yeah. in my utopian dream, like see this ability where my stupid ass racist coworkers <laughs> and my friends on the internet who are queer and trans and people of color, and they're all these different diverse people can somehow make amends. That's right, that we can maybe... Entity, which is Jeff Bezos going to fucking space, colonizing <laughs> there and raising tons of clone children uh, in space and, you know, ruining our lives while the earth burns uh, because of endless commerce and industrialization. And, Man, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be... decay of the earth. Wouldn't that be the shits if, like, Bezos just, like, left us, left us all to die and was like, I'll do... I I'm, think that's what him and Elon are planning. Just, like, they're... They and like a select group of people are just going to like let let yeah. Earth burn and and create a clone army so that like, you know, know there's no joke, so there's no birth defects from incestuous relationships. Yeah, I mean CRISPR is going to save them the trouble of incest and all those kinds of things. Yeah, they're, they're going to repopulate a new. There's going to be a CRISPR Earth. module to the 3D printer, and you right. can just like print. Uh, you can print a baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing to me is like that's a joke, right? But the irony is, is that like Jeff Bezos is going to space in a couple weeks. Richard Branson, the o the owner of uh, Virgin, what I guess all the Virgin uh, Enterprises, which I think there's Virgin Records and uh, Virgin Mobile and Virgin all sorts of things and just a host of other. You know why it's uh, called Virgin? You know why it's called Virgin, right? I can think of some reasons. Because he's because uh, Richard Branson is a virgin. Oh. And he, yeah. I see the Obamas on his yacht all the time, so I kind of thought there was like a little like thruple. You think there was a little oh yeah. a thruple with the yeah, he, he was, was their uh, ransom was the their Obamas. unicorn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Right? I got no problem with that. I'm, I'm, I'm no, very. Why would, why would you? Uh, with that. Why would you it's have just, a problem with it? You know, we're, doing, we're doing Seinfeld. Not God. that there's anything like. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, that's <laughs> modern day Seinfeld right there. It's like, so they're a thruple and they want me to be their unicorn. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, um, you know, I was thinking the other day. Uh, I want to be in a polycule. I, I, I wonder, have people forgotten that Bill Clinton is a bad person? Um. No, is that a thing that's lost on society. It, it's not that. I feel like most people don't talk about. Here's that. the thing: people like the the sickness of reactionism uh, is is that you you have the reaction and then it's like you 
literally won't consider anything else. And and even even throughout the course of history, when we like objectively know that things are different, uh, and it should inform like your hindsight about things in the past, it's like you still just believe the same reaction that you had back in what 1991, whenever the fuck it was, and that. 97, 96. Yeah, that that people, the the chauvinistic like um idea that's like, oh man, he's the fucking man. He got his dick sucked in the in the Oval Office by one of his uh, young uh, young aides or or whatever. And, <laughs> and and it's like we, I, of course, people knew then that that like there were power dynamics at play and that you know the 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 kind of pressure that is on that would be on a young woman uh like between oh, yeah. between mean, a young woman and the fucking president of the United States like no i mean there's no way not to call that assault in my opinion just because of the power yeah. dynamics at play and that might be like that might be controversial to some people but it's there just isn't. He's the fucking president. No, I mean, he could, like the, the reality is, is like what's how going do you through say your no? mind when that happens is that he could send you to Guantanamo fucking Bay if you didn't say yes. Or, right? Yeah. That's obviously, you he could. And, right, but, but, but like he not even think about it. And but not even and taking it's a lot more than other people could. And, and not even taking it that far. Like, uh, he could fire you. He could like make he could it ruin your whole career. He and, just, and one bad word. He did. The president of the United States. He did. He did yeah. ruin her entire career. He like he like destroyed her mental health for probably like at least a decade. Like oh, I can't yeah. I can't imagine like what kind of like therapy you would have to go through to recover from. Oh, just I can't imagine what her life being is like now. I mean, Monica blasted. Fucked by everyone in the country for being a slut when you're a fucking 20 year old and and your boss is creeping on you and your boss is the fucking president of the united states your boss is the nuclear codes yeah and, and, and if he says suck my dick what are you gonna do I'm sorry. I mean, honestly, I don't want to suck Bill Clinton's dick, but in that situation, no, I didn't. That probably has looks the goddamn like a, nuclear coat. Probably got a goblin cock. I'm sure he does. It's but probably, I mean, the, he's probably the got a is, talon. He's probably got like a talon poking out. Oh, of his I'm dick. sure. I mean, the thing is, is that Bill Clinton is still very popular, and this blows my mind he, because it, yeah. Bill Clinton is. I mean, he like he spoke at Hillary's events during the 2016 campaign. He did all these kinds of things. Yep. Hillary, I mean, Bill Clinton is a is a predator. Bill Clinton is a bad person. Yeah, at the end he, of the day. He, he's a creep. Um, um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but that's a big one. You and, know, and it's like he <clears throat> and, and I mean, I, I just you know I'm Bill Clinton. And I, yeah. Uh, I can't do a good Bill Clinton. I wish I could. I actually, uh, so so I can I do I can do Bill Clinton. Uh, uh, I can That's do good, I honestly. can do Bill Clinton. Uh, this is when he was in office. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, you I'm, be Bill, I'll be Hillary. Um, hey, hey, Hill. Pokemon, go to the polls. Am I right, kids? Uh, Pokemon, yeah, I, I'd like go to, to the polls. How about Pokemon, go to the bathroom on my face. 
That's a really good Bill Clinton. I have to like applaud you. That's like thank amazing. you, thank you. Yeah. How about how about Pokemon? Uh, get get in here, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. I, on I actually haven't heard him speak recently, but I can only imagine. Uh, I feel that that's the thing that that also. I mean, that was pretty good though. Bill Clinton's voice has gotten hella weak in the last. Like, right. Five. Like ge generally, that's what happens is that you just kind of like put less effort into, or like you can't put as much effort into speaking because you'll like pass out. Yeah, you'll um, die because you just your your oxygen level. You're on your so last low. breath. Like if you yeah, like yeah, if you there. and he's you like to, 150 fucking years old. You have old, to manage so your words. Gotta... Well, I mean, he's been doing those like blood transfusions with uh like children's blood or whatever. So that'll probably Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's been doing that though. I you know. Yeah, like injecting uh like foreskin stem cells into your skin, uh blood transfusions, uh eating the flesh of an infant. Yeah, yeah, all, the, yeah, yeah. all these things are uh, proven to uh, yeah. prolong prolong one's life. And I don't want to be bipartisan here. I want to just say too that George Bush has been doing the same fucking thing. Oh yeah, uh, and, and well, the he's thing nicer to me. Like I would rather hang out with George Bush than Bill Clinton. But uh, yeah, George Bush he, he gives me for a manifold. That, death. That's the we thing. Can't even talk about how many deaths. George Bush and Dick Cheney caused in the Middle East. I mean, it's just oh, yeah, it, unfathomable. It, I mean, it's a huge fucking number. Millions. Because they did that. Tens of and millions. they knew better, and they fucking didn't have to do that, but they did yeah, because of oil. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's anyway, usually what it comes down we to. Have, we now is, have ISIS because of that. Um, but and, and that's the thing that, that blows my mind is that I feel like, um, uh, I mean, Bush Sr., I mean, really both Bushes, uh, Bush Sr. and N.W., uh, they're both shit, but I feel like they both, um, there's been, like, there's been some rehab for them in the public eye. Like, not, yeah. not only media rehab, like, the media... No, I mean, Bush went on Ellen. I mean, uh, W went on Ellen. He went. So, I mean, like, on, he went on he Ellen, on or, Ellen, or they yeah, were, yeah. or after they were hanging out together. Yeah, he was on. Oh, you know, that, maybe they hung out together. That that's. No, I don't remember. I thought he was a. I thought he was a guest on Ellen, but no, they just went to a baseball game or something. They sat together at a, a baseball game, game or, or a basketball game or something. And and yeah. and, and then she made a tweet about like how you know people change and it's better to like not right. burn right instead of whatever. going like oh yeah we just happen to be sitting next to each other she right. she, no, no, no. she she went like, like I'm crossing the bridge for you and it's like this is the guy who invaded Iraq he's a goddamn war criminal he's fucking he's like Henry Kissinger in the 21st century. I mean, you know, he's and it's he's like awful. I guess she wants to like it's not probably not even sexual. She just wants to like mind money meld with him so that they can become right. a mean, more powerful the entity. The day, they're both. I mean, they're both a part of that that class that, as, that is not defined by anything except money, right? I mean, money and know, power, where, yeah. Where money at the end of the day is the ultimate deciding factor, where class is the ultimate deciding factor, and they belong to the same tier, they're on the same team, they always will be, they always have been, 
it's a charade and a fucking lie to think otherwise. Yeah, and and, and again, I'm not. Doesn't, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, but it's it's the Carlin, it's the George Carlin bit. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. Exactly. And, and uh, but yet, just the the amount of rehabilitation that has been done, not only by them but for them. Like, oh, I know. Like, the media... Well, the Obamas fucking helped Oh, my God. Too. The it's Obamas were, like, very pro Disgusting, you know? incestuous. God um, bless him, Jimmy fucking Carter was also helping in that shit. But so. the thing about Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, is just, like, how much he is still accepted. Um, And I feel like there has been, like, zero rehab for him at all. Like... I feel like after his presidency, he pretty much just kind of... He didn't do anything. He just kind of stepped back. I mean, he did public speaking and collected those million-dollar well, fucking yeah, yeah. I mean, he got university that, and he bank didn't checks. Have, like, uh, he didn't have any Me Too moment, which I thought was incredibly inappropriate considering he's one of the most... In, He's one of the most powerful men to go unchecked with this in the public eye. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and it's weird that, like... People, there, there is, there is a uh, group of people who acknowledge this and and are almost like screaming at the top of their lungs about oh, this. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a huge group of people, but that group of people is much smaller. Yeah, it seems the to be somehow a, a larger populace who is totally either ignorant or like purposely ignorant or uh, just unaware of the fact. Bill Clinton is a, uh, a predator, a bad person, uh, someone who should not be famed, loved, cared for by the general populace, thought of in golden, you know, age, uh, you know, he's like an aging old man. Terms, right. And it's, these, and it's like, oh, he's just like nostalgic a, ideas. Of he, these he's elderly. He's geriatric. America. Like he couldn't. He couldn't hurt anyone now, yeah. and, and uh, I mean, and this is no hate to even Hillary. I mean, I got different issues with her, but like, well, yeah, but she's. I mean, it's she's just, not Bill. It's bad for her name to be connected to him, or it should be. It should be and, bad for. Her and that's name. the thing is, and that's the other thing is, it should be, but it isn't because the no, because the only all. reason that she is able to, I, I mean. You know, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but, like, the only reason, like, she's able to run for president and she's the fucking uh, Democratic candidate is because of her husband. Um, right. It, but, I mean, if she wanted, if the, there is a... She was Secretary of State. She she was, like, you know, some kind of consultant for, like, the mayor's office in NYC and whatever. She does oh, have... Oh, no, I mean, she definitely has credentials. And it's not that she couldn't run for president, but it's just a matter of, like... Uh, if she wanted to actually turn this redemption arc of like getting out of Bill's clutches, you know, a divorce, a very public divorce Damn. would have been totally appropriate. That would be very you know? girl boss of her. But yeah, exactly. It would have been. It would have been very, uh, very obvious. Oh, man, it would but capitalize that, on like is, this liberation they movement. They didn't do that. And I guarantee you, they talked about it. I guarantee <laughs> fucking tea you. Yeah, that's true. Where you either divorce Bill or you don't. Here's the here's what the fucking you know like uh we've done the research yeah we know and, that it'll and be that's slightly like, better for you not to divorce Bill. That seems like <laughs> such a foreign like I I just couldn't imagine ever being in that position where it's like I'm in this like 
power couple marriage relationship where it's like it, 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 i'm 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 like tied attached to this person yeah. who like i uh, i don't know i maybe this is like ridiculous that i'm even speculating here but like do you think they they're like intimate with each other i don't know or i mean that's what i was about to say you think like, they like each other hillary like and i don't like hillary clinton to be clear but to imagine her life and her experience for a moment it's it's to imagine this situation where for the past 21 20 well 25 years almost basically 30. She's been married to a man. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been married for I don't know how many years. But, oh, oh, yeah. But for since the uh, the Monica Lewinsky moment and incident, um, you know, for the past twenty five years, she's pretty oh. much been in a relationship with a man who not only se- cheated on her, but also sexually, uh, right? At the very least, was harassing, if not downright assaulted someone, right? Um, and, and it's and had like a long list of escapades with. You know, people, and, and it's and, like they say they say stand they say stand by your man, and it's like it's one thing to to be cheated on, but like it it, it almost comes off as like oh yeah, like it, it, to it's like you're okay with assault. <laughs> yeah, well, and this is the thing too is that to be a part of such a large political dynasty such as the Clintons. I mean, the Clintons are a historic family. You know, I'm not getting into the whole conspiracy about how many bodies they might have buried under their fucking backyard. I think but that is a little overblown. That, it is, I do too. However, I mean, it I is, again, it's, again, it's know, fun. It, it's like, it's fun. It's conspiracy Tim theory. Dillon has a great bit about that on like the about next the Clinton class. Bodies. Yeah, one of the latest episodes where he's like, we don't fucking talk about how many bodies the Clintons have. We talk about fucking Fauci. Yeah, man. And he I, just screams about it for an hour, and it's so fucking funny. Yeah, I was like, losing my shit at yeah. that uh, that thing you sent me. Uh, what was it last night? Or, or oh, that episode before? was so good. Yeah, I, I, this I, is the last four or five. Most of it is the most recent. Because I never really, so I, I never really um, like got Tim Dillon. I guess yeah. because because um, I think he's funnier than Nick Mullen. Um, on a certain level, I think they're they're on par with each other. He's probably yeah, he's probably funnier because he's just like more. He's more of a clown. Uh, yeah. Mullen's just more of like a he. He's like lower yeah, he's energy. A, he's and... a, yeah, I would say Mullen is like a more real deal comedian in like the way that I understand comedians. Yeah, and then I would say Tim Tim Dillon is more of an entertainer. Yeah, totally. Uh, if there was like a distinction between the two, but I don't know. And, well, Mullen is interesting in the sense that like he's almost like um like post comedian that he yeah, he like he true. he criticizes comedy like he, he hates stand up yeah hates he bitches about like why stand up kind of sucks in the modern age how how it's almost like um it, it it's almost like a antiquated art form at this point or or not antiquate you there no i'm here Can you okay hear it got choppy for a second um and uh that that it's almost like an antiquated art form at this point or or, or it's just played out that like it, it's it, it yeah, may it's be just, possible it's that like that stand up has because it's only really existed in um and really I'm I'm just parroting one of his talking points 
um, that that stand up in the in the as we know it right now has really only existed for maybe like fifty years, like yeah. since the early seventies. And it's like yeah, George Carlin, Richard Pryor era, and, like the the founding fathers of stand up. And I'm sorry, like maybe it's just like the current like like class or cast of stand up comedians, or or maybe it's the social climate or whatever. But it just feels so hack. And uh, I can't think of any current stand ups that I like. Or any, I can think of some that I like who are like. Objectively, have you seen the Bur- Bo Burnham special. I I have. I actually wanted. What do you to... think of it? I I'm gonna watch it with my little brother in a couple weeks because he wants to watch. Oh, it, nice. So. Um, I'm I'm a big I'm a big Bo Burnham fan. Uh, I mean, I like him too. I've always liked. Him. When so I, I saw, it, was the special good? Um, I I liked it a lot. Um, okay. I I think he is. Uh, uh, his experimentation and innovation on the you know the the form known as comedy i think is very um e- even when it misses like the sheer fact that he is trying to innovate on an art form that i feel has been lacking in innovation for a long time is just so refreshing and yeah. uh and like almost cutting edge in a way uh, and it's inspiring for sure. Um, I also just love comedians who do songs. <laughs> honestly, I I I love. It. I'm actually not a big fan of oh, really? uh, of like uh, comedic songs, but he is the exception. Um, and, and, and I can't even really I can't even really explain why. Um, yeah. It, I just think that. Well, yeah, I do. I I think I do know why. I think he just. Yeah, never mind. No, I'm not going to try to explain it. <laughs> I yeah. like him. I don't like other people. Um, I think we're reaching the end of our time, but I just wanted to give a little, a little uh, happy Fourth of July to uh, oh yeah, happy. to all the to all the people listening to this. You know, the five or six people that I imagine by this point we have listening to this. If I put it on my Instagram feed and just embrace the criticism that I will eventually get for this podcast, I'm going to say. I'm going to say a little prospective hello to, uh, you know, because maybe maybe five people are going to listen to it this week, but maybe maybe some people are... 25 next week. (laughs) 25 next year, even. Right, like maybe someone will be binging, uh, going through the archive of... uh, Right, I mean, I've been doing that with Countdown for the last three months. Yeah, same here. I've done that with... uh, uh, I did that with Your Mom's House, uh, Tom Segura's podcast, Tom Segura and Christina P's podcast. Uh, I did that with... uh, I've done that with the H3 podcast. Um, H3 has a podcast? mm Mm-hmm. They've been doing it for, like, three, three or four years. I love the, the I don't know what his name is, but H the guy in H three is has a very nice voice. He he does. It's very a really wonderful voice. It's I nice and clear and like yeah. the the timbre it's just something about it. It's very comfortable and like texture of it. Yeah, yeah. and um, it, yeah, I I I find that as well. 